Hey everyone, welcome to the Thanksgiving week edition of the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Big Monday Show. My co-host, my friend, Mr. Barry Spears, will be with us right after the first break. We have a lot to talk about as there's meaningful racing this weekend, which uh, hasn't uh, taken place in a few weeks. The Clark, obviously, the big race, the big attraction with Rich Strike. Um, it's uh, not a particularly strong version of the Clarks. and We actually handicap the race. We go through it uh, horse by horse. Um, it's not as tedious as it sounds, actually. But we talk about that, the impact on the Eclipse Awards, the impact on, on a couple other things. We talk about Gary West's decision not to vote for Flightline. We're not exactly sure who he's going to vote for, but uh, he's not voting for Flightline. Why that seems silly. Um, we'll talk about... Uh, oh, Heisa. Oh, meltdown City for the, the big supporters of the, the bill, which was found unconstitutional on Friday. We'll talk about that extensively and why it's not as big a deal as people are making it out to be, and what you can do otherwise. Uh, and we'll talk another, uh, you know, some other nonsense. But uh, appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farm Stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. This is the, uh, the turkey sniper. Yeah, turkey week? I actually don't like turkey, so there's that. The country or, or the, the bird? The bird. The oh. country's great. Yeah, country is, uh, is a place that uh, a lot of our stallions want. I was going to say, they, they like horse racing over there. Yeah, 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 they do. Tur- turkey gave us, um, who was the guy that, that used to play for the Magic? He used to smoke the cigarettes at halftime. Hito. Turkey yes, Hito. Hito Turkey. 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 But it is it is Turkey Week. And uh, they also locked him out of the facility, too, just to let you know that. Well. While he was still under contract. 
I, I could I could see that happening to that guy. Um, you know, Thanksgiving used to be a big day. No, not a big day. I shouldn't say it's a big day. But it used to be a day that we looked forward to in New York because they used to run that early card every time. Oh, yeah. That was the greatest. The, the 11 o'clock or the 1030. And, um, of course, now they run early all the time. So sort of early, right? Kind of eleven fifty before noon. Basically, yeah, yeah. But um, but they're they're not running it anymore. Yeah, it's weak sauce. I mean, Churchill does. Churchill has got a uh, a card on Thursday. Fairgrounds, the big weekend, uh, the closing weekend. Yeah, and fairgrounds. I think fairgrounds used to open. Didn't they open up on Thanksgiving? Wasn't yeah, they the used to open up. opening up, but now yeah. they open up earlier. They opened up the other day in the. Sea of slop, pouring rain. Yes. So, horse won the Louisiana bread race. Brett Calhoun's horse. I cannot remember the name, but I think that was the horse's ninth ninth win in thirteen starts. Not bad. It's not bad. No, no I think he's a four year old. But um, you know, we do have some some <clears throat> racing action of note this weekend. Unlike the last few weekends, where it's been uh, very very slow. Um, though we had the world's greatest Philly, the next Zenyatta. <laughs> oh my God, man. Like, Justique. She's the next, like, the Zenyatta. <laughs> I mean, like, there's, there's like the lack of critical thinking when it comes <laughs> to these things is just alarming on a whole lot of levels. I mean, yeah, she ran good against her competition, no doubt about it. But people like she's gonna win the Oaks, and come on, man, that 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 race was slow. She's never proven to be fast at this point. You know, not that she can't improve; it's not impossible. But I mean, she needs perfect setups. I mean, that's the only way. Which she received in, in her two yep. victories, and she did not receive in her one loss, which was not a, a good race. Uh, and the California Phillies this year, the two-year-old Phillies are incredibly bad. 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 It's amazing that, that they would be as, as poor as they have been so far. Um, I mean, they're just slow. There was a reason that only one Philly um, shipped east from California to try to Breeders' Cup, and she got smoked. So that that tells you all you need to know. <clears throat> but um, no, it, it's funny that people sometimes don't understand the dynamic of a, a closing sprinter, and sometimes closing sprinters can look really good when things set up for them, and the projection that they're going to, um, you know, do better over more ground is is often um, a false one because obviously. Sprints generally go a lot quicker paces, and that quick pace is, is what they're needing to run into. But, um, you know, the jury's still out, but I can, I, I'll say this without uh, any, uh, um, with, without any, uh, uh amendments. Uh, she's not <laughs> Zenyatta, okay? <laughs> she's not gonna be Zenyatta. Well, don't say that too loud, man. They're gonna come for you. Yeah, well, she's already lost, so, so there. But um, 
Yeah, Del Mar was incredibly fast. The main track was, was super fast. The times were all fast. Uh, not as fast as the Finger Lakes was today. <laughs> the highway. Yeah. The horses that were running three quarters and 114 <clears throat> two weeks ago. Were 108 and change today. I think uh, they might have tied Kelly Kipp's track record. Seriously? But, uh, yeah, the track was, was frozen and fast. Super duper fast. Which, uh, someone alerted me that to that um, after the third race, where they went 21 and 3, 43 and 4. Oh, my God. 108 and 3. Uh, not what you would call you know, uh, star type horses, like, you know, slow, slow folks, slow horses. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you don't see frozen tracks often. These days, it was labeled as frozen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fast and frozen. Yeah, I can't remember. Early what. was labeled good, yeah. but then. I think they figured it out that uh, it was frozen. That's happened before, though. That I remember, I think Turfway in the winter would run. Sometimes the track would get frozen. They would start running ludicrous times because, you know, the track's frozen. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, Del Mar was fast this weekend. And, and uh, um, Justify, yeah, Justify, Justique got a... 82 buyer, but I think that they're all going to get downgraded because it seemed like everybody who ran this this weekend at at Del Mar on the dirt wound up with a higher buyer number than they've been running. It's hard to believe that everybody was faster. Um, the Vronsky horse, uh, he, he got 102. Oh, the chosen Vron. Yeah, the chosen Ron. He he ran. They they gave him a hundred and two buyer for his race, which was, well, you know, three seconds faster than Justique's race. So it's it sounds. I don't know. It sounds like they might have even tamped that one down a little bit to start with, because generally three seconds at, at six furlongs is, is more than more than that. But but um, but anyways, <clears throat> uh, yeah. This weekend we have uh, a Grade One race. At least it's called a grade one race. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. there's there's really no actual grade one horses in the race. I, I guess Rich Strike would qualify as a grade one horse. I mean, at least he's competitive in grade one races. Um, the other horses, I think two of them, I think Folsom ran in a grade one and I think ran in the Pennsylvania Derby. Matter of fact, the, both grade one horses, excuse me, both horses in the Clark who have participated in a grade one race in a prior race. Um, Folsom and I think Vicky Oliver's horse, the two who they say may scratch and run on the grass race. Yeah. Which I seems weird because the horse doesn't run on the grass. Um, and I, why would you scratch out of this race? 750. Right. You got a good shot there. Like, too. like yeah. Like, hello. You're never going to get an easier grade one race than this for older horses. Come on. Uh, but I think they both ran in the Pennsylvania Derby as three-year-olds and, of course, got, you know, smokestacked. But um, it's not a good race. I mean, it's and it's not that 
I shouldn't say it's not a good. It's not a good race for a grade one. If it was a grade two, it would be fine. If it was a grade three, it would be solid. That's what these horses are. I mean, these aren't a lot of, you know, this isn't like a two-year-old race where everybody's improving. This is a lot of older horses. These are four-year-olds. They're all going to be five in, in, what, six weeks? Yeah, a couple weeks. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, this isn't like, you know, they can't all be late developing. I mean, Folsom is a pretty good horse. I would love to own him. I think he's like eight for 16 lifetime. He's got you know, three, four grade three wins. Made a lot of money. If he wins a grade one race, I mean, thinking of him as a grade one horse now, despite all the other evidence that, that exists, and, and that's the problem with people using uh, grades to separate things. Um yeah that's that's totally unfair to do that because like you know we've been saying you know all those races aren't the same you know just because it has a grade one doesn't mean that it's a grade one field no this is the same thing with vice versa it works the other way too just because it's a grade two doesn't mean it doesn't have a grade one field no that that's true and and when you get into I mean, we've talked about this uh, many a time. Uh, the Derby Trail, you know, the, the 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 Derby preps. I mean, stance that we've taken has pretty much been. I'll be grade two. None of these should be grade one races. Right. They, they should be grade twos. Yes, you, 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 these are prep races. <clears throat> They're prep races. Nobody, nobody wins those races and skips the Derby. Nobody. The only time they would win one of those races, skip the dirty, is if they get hurt. Uh, who's that James Bond horse that won the wood and got hurt? Um, actually, I think he, he was like entered in the derby and scratched. What year? <sighs> <Wow. laughs> A while ago, <laughs> 20 years ago. But that's the thing is, is that nobody's using those races as a uh, um. A destination those are a stepping stone stepping stone shouldn't be grade ones the problem is that the toba which is basically a a breeders organization um they control the grades people think the tracks do the tracks do not the tracks do not uh the grades are controlled by the toba and it's in their best interest to have more grade ones and more, I mean, it, it, it's in their best interest to have more graded stakes races because the more graded stakes there are, the more stakes credentialed horses there are, the more stakes credentialed horses there are, the the value for bloodstock is, is stays higher. You see, to me, it doesn't seem like they would want that. Like, you know, you would think that, especially the grade one designations, you would think they would want to limit that as much as possible. That way you're getting the best of the best winning those races year after year after year. Not the situation you're getting right now where there's a grade three masquerading as a grade one. So you should limit the the ones at the very, very top. And then after that, it's kind of like, all right, you know, if you want to go with our philosophy and say, all right, all the, all the, you know, spring three-year-old races should be grade twos boom done 
And then, you know, you can kind of work your way backwards and, and, and go through each division like that. And that way it limits, you know, the, the, the grade one races to the best of the best instead of kind of this hodgepodge that we have now. And there's so many stake races, you can't even count them. It's, it's unreal. There's way too many stake races. They're just this. And I'm not saying that the Clark shouldn't be a grade one. It's a particularly weak year. Last year was a particularly strong year. Yeah. So it's not as though, um, you know, we're, we're trying to downgrade the race. But, I mean, I made this. this. I wrote a whole thing about it maybe 15 years ago about grading the races at the end of the year, not the beginning of the year. And if you really wanted to have accuracy for the quality of a race, you would grade the races, um, you know, later. You wouldn't grade them first. Um, because obviously as the years, you know, progresses and you see where horses go and, and, and how, you know, um, their, you know what, what other credentials they pick up on the way um then you can for you know easier gauge the, the strength of a race you can you know what i'm saying is it's it's easier to find the strengths of a race looking back than looking you know just you know they're doing this year's for next year already so they have no idea who's going to run any of these races it's it's all grades are all based on the past and that's part of the problem i have with with the whole, you know, I don't want to get too much into it again because you know, for something that's really kind of meaningless, we talk about it a lot lately. <laughs> but the awards in that, you know, people say, oh, well, he's got two grade ones. I always want one grade one. Well, that's, that's the so just narrow sighted, short sighted about the whole picture. I mean, it's, it's a year end award is like a year. It's not how many grade ones you win body of work yeah and it, it should be i mean the awards are like wild subjective as it is i mean they say if a horse runs in uh um you know, anywhere else they could be running in malaysia and they make one start here their malaysian form can be counted which is absurd insane but uh so the subjectivity is is there but then people want to, you know, make oh well, great ones. And and I will, you know, going back to a point you made a little bit ago, I've been a big proponent of having another tier, but have a super grade like grade right. one, like a, the the Derby, me. the Preakness, the Belmont, the Travers, um, you know the and I'm not trying to just name New York races, but um, you know th- those. The Breeders' Cup Classic, and not all the Breeders' Cup races would be that. The Breeders' Cup Classic would be that. Um, you would make the Breeders' Cup Sprint as one of the originals, and just the Sprint is obviously the biggest sprint of the year. That should be uh, like a super grade one. The Alabama should be like a super grade one. So that, um, that just getting your grade one <clears throat> can be upped. Because a lot of people, you, you read it, and it's it, it's cringy, but they say, oh, well, he got his grade one, so now he can be a stallion. <laughs> oh, man, I hate that. I know. It's like, ugh. 
and 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 we're like uh well at least i am being called names for suggesting that Flightline really doesn't have a whole lot to prove anymore which is true i mean people can deny it but the fact is like i said name somebody you you want to see him take on don't come up with some european turf horse please no nobody nobody said or you know turf horse in general well that, that frankel well there are no american turf horses anybody's go along with him <laughs> oh yeah i can't wait to see a match up against channel maker <laughs> <laughs> but um i mean no one said you know Frankel, eh, yeah, he got 149 time for him, but let's see what he can do on the dirt. <laughs> Nobody said that. But this horse, oh, yeah, I got to try to dirt. Secretary tried to dirt 50 years ago. When they actually ran horses, too. And the funny thing was, back then, there wasn't that much turf. Not like it is now. No way. I never read any of those Secretary books. I never actually asked them. I honestly... It's it's not that widely known. At least it's not widely enough to known that that I've heard about it before. But why did he race in, in Canadian turf races at the end of his career? Or you know, I guess he ran in uh, the, the Turf Classic at Belmont first, uh, and then uh, I don't know. Maybe the Turf Classic was at Aqueduct that year. Was it Aqueduct? I don't remember, but you know. Yeah, I've never got that story and why that horse started to run on turf. Yeah, that means last two races were on turf. Um, and I mean, they knew they were retiring him, so because of the tax issues. But uh, I never saw that movie, Secretariat. Did you see that movie? Yeah. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that movie, um, when I was sick in the hospital... And I was like out of it for, you know, like 90% of my stay at the hospital. I remember. Uh, I woke up like conscious kind of to that movie. And it was the part where they were dancing like idiots. I didn't see it. So. Uh, <laughs> ask around. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> they danced like idiots at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Malkovich dances like a jerk and they all yeah it was just like one of those movie like impromptu dance scenes that doesn't belong anywhere but it was in secretariat so you know it's so funny because uh i used to see roger lauren a lot and he had horses a couple horse handful of horses at palmettos and he used to talk a lot and i asked him about i know i know lots about chief's crown but um I never asked him. That. Me too. Kind of, I'm kind of kicking myself for for not having asked him why they they went to the turf with Secretary at the end. Like what you know, what possessed them to do it? I mean, obviously, he ran, yeah, he ran massively good on it. <clears throat> but um, no, I don't understand that. I mean, it'd be would it be like a novelty? Would it be interesting? Like, and I'm the first person to say I would have loved to have seen Zendiata on the turf because for it. And number two, with that late kick, I mean, man, she could have got way out of it in a turf race. I mean, you know, not that she didn't get way out of it in dirt races or, or you know, poly races, but. Uh, but like, no, I, I wonder, 
you know, I wonder if if Zenyatta on the turf would have had a turf foot like uh, megahertz. Remember that horse? Yeah, sure. Bobby Frankel, one of my favorites. Um, like the lug in though. Megahertz wasn't that big though. I think she was. No, big. she was tiny. Yeah, she was really she was small. Fat. Zenyatta <laughs> was really not tiny. No, she was giant. Um. Yeah, it was it just kind of strange to me that you know it's a, ah well. You know, he could go to the Middle East. I said, I don't know. You know, the fact that he beat the horse that, that won the um, the Dubai Cup and, and finished second in, in the Saudi Cup by 20 lengths, that kind <laughs> of, like, tempers my enthusiasm for that. <laughs> A little bit. Like, so what else? I said, ask people. So who's out there that you're thinking, well, geez, I want to really see that horse match up a flight line. And then it's a lot of hemming and hawing. uh so exactly, it's it's the ultimate sign of respect. There's really nobody out there that, that could put up a race without the horse like completely, you know, being terrible. Anyways, I don't know how we got on that, but um, but Rich Strike is not a cinch in that race. I mean, I, I looked at it; the pace is, no way is not great. I mean, uh, if He's Carlos' gonna... horse decides he... to heat the pace, he could maybe. Um, you know, set it up a little better, but uh, the one yeah, red actually something like he hasn't done, like either be closer to the pace and finish, which he hasn't shown to do. I mean, I guess you could give him a shot because he's on his his preferred surface at Churchill. You know, he's he's obviously run well, better. Bad and it's a bad field. I mean, bad right, and, and the field isn't good, but he's part of that not good field. <laughs> no, I mean his form. Listen, his form. He's is gotten not, better. Is not like it's not as good as his uh, stands want to make it out to be. No, but he's not bad. He's racing against the top level horses. These other horses, every time they've raced against top level horses, for the most part, they've gotten you know. They've got. Yeah, that was that was the thing that was bothering me about it. Is a lot of people were like making it a foregone conclusion that he was going to win or he's going to win that race. And I'm like, he's not a, he's not a cinch there by any means. No, he's a horse that wins one race a year. You know, I, I thought it was an horse in there in the race. Did you look at the PPs at all? I uh, perused them quickly, not in depth. You know, a, a horse that I kind of thought in the beginning of the year was going to be uh, a factor and he never, he, he just never panned out really uh, after the summer was, was proxy. Mm. Um, you remember he came back at the fairgrounds in an allowance race last February. Yep. Off of um. a long layoff because he, he, he kind of like, um, you know, kicked around on the derby trail. He didn't win any of the derby preps, but he was third in the, or second in the comps um, to Midnight Bourbon, uh, beating Mandalone. Then he was second in the Risen Star. Then, he ran fourth in Louisiana Derby and kind of got, um, you know, some traffic trouble and squeezed a little bit there. Um, so they, they ran him into Lexington because they didn't have the points. And he really, remember, it was sloppy and, and yep. he, got, he got way behind and, and just didn't seem like he handled and obviously got hurt in that race because that was that was in April. He didn't return till, till February. And he came back in an allowance race. He got way behind. Um, but but really just, you know, look, look strong running them down. 
and he ran him into New Orleans handy, uh, the New Orleans Classic, which um, I think he was second choice in there, and he got beat by Olympiad, who at the time was Great. just starting his his streak, you know. So we weren't even sure that that Olympiad was as good as he turned out to be. Um, then he ran him in the Ben Alley, and he, he, you know, he looked to me like he was the best in that race. And I remember being kind of disappointed with his run because he, he made like a little move, and then he kind of just uh, uh, flattened out. And they tried him back at uh, in in a in a race, um, a, a new race they called uh, the Blame, which is uh, two hundred thousand <laughs> mile sixteenth or, or mile and an eighth, excuse me. And he made a pretty decent run. Your horse beat that day. Remember, um, Dynamic won. Yep. You liked Dynamic won that day. Yes, I did. And, you know, it, it was a decent race. But it wasn't like, you know, the horse just wasn't getting better. He was running the same figs. He came back July, you know, closing weekend to Churchill and to Stephen Foster. And, get, and then he did the same thing. He got way behind, behind a pretty fast pace and, and just was kind of a mild close. I mean, American Revolution Olympiad were like in a different league, and you know he, he ran okay. He hasn't run since then. He's been working. Um, interestingly enough, he's been at the fairgrounds, so he's <clears throat> shipping back up um, from New Orleans for the race. And he draws the rail. Gets gets uh, Joel Rosario, and oh, even his numbers are pretty good. Uh, like uh, I know his thoroughbreds are, are as good as Rich Strikes, and. Um, you know, his, his Churchill races are, are, are good, not great, but you know, he, he's a horse that he's got some sneaky good form. Um, yeah, you, you know, know, he's I a little bit hampered. I wish the they pace, would get him involved obviously. earlier. That, that, that's I, I, I always thought with him is they, they could ride him differently. Yeah, the, the, the pace fat, you know, the pace is going to be an issue. I mean, Wes Willpower, who looked good in the Fayette last time, but he looked good because he set a, a really super slow pace at <laughs> Keeneland. Um, yeah, that, that was ridiculously slow. It, it was, you know, he went 49, 113, and 4, unpressured. Can't get beat. <laughs> it wasn't like he went 49 with a horse right, you know, breathing down his neck. He went so slow, and he just drew off in that race. But um, I mean, he was supposed to win uh, off those fractions, you know, now whether, you know, he'll get heated a little bit by injunction. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, injunction is probably a faster horse. I mean, he's coming out of one turn races where he's contesting the pace and 45 and change. Wes willpower is coming out of two turn races where he's going 49 and change. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, last samurai who, who, uh, who won the Oaklawn Park handicap, I think it was a million dollar race. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then they changed trainers. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, yeah. And his form has been, uh, terrible since then. Um, you know, he had, had one, he couldn't get by injunction in the, uh, in the, uh, the Cowboy Jones. And then he uh, tried Charlestown. It was nowhere. And he ran it. He was in the Fayette chasing. And he couldn't even hold on for a second. So, um, 
Now, Folsom is Folsom is Folsom, but Folsom's another horse that really needs is a kicker. Right. He needs some pace. Yeah, he needs pace. And Red Strike does need some pace. Uh, you know, people talked about the Lucas Classing, and he did lay a little closer, but um, I, I don't know that we're going to get a 47 and 4 half in this race. Well, I, I'm, I'm sticking by my story with him. Uh, you know, you can't close it out against Hot Rod Charlie. Who can you close it out against? Yeah, right. Hot Rod no. Charlie was. Hot Rod Charlie is just a, a notorious hanger. Loves loves being second. Yep. The, the Doug Salvador Mile. He, he, he dead tone that race. <laughs> <Doug> Salvador. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm sure there'll be excuses if Red Strike loses. He's back on short rest, or there wasn't enough pace, or oh, wait, wait till the heat rocks come if he wins. Oh my God! Oh, he said we'll get on that one. <laughs> this proves that this proves that we told you all along, all along we've been telling you. And then he'll still not win the eclipse. <laughs> he really shouldn't. No, I mean, I, I remember I, I actually sent you that tweet with the guy that put up. You yeah, know, the body of work for the year. I mean, that speaks for itself. I mean, it, it does. It does. It really shouldn't go further than that. Even if he does win the club. I mean, listen, he, he's got two good races this year. He does. Kentucky Derby and the Lucas Classic. His other races aren't good. His other races are not good. He lost in, in, in January to a race. <laughs> and, and 20 for Mamba. Tis the bomb uh, beat his pants off two races in a row. <laughs> the Belmont, he got beat 13 lengths. He was sixth. He, he made no moves. And the Travers, he, he, he dead hung in the Travers. He had every right to go by Zandon and Zyberknife, and he couldn't do it. Um, And, and the Breeders' Cup, I know they're, they're saying he got carried out by the horse. Uh, Ep, uh, Epicenter broke down, but... Kind of... He was also all out to, to get past Life is Good, who who was basically Gasping. pulling up. Gasping. <laughs> he was more or less pulling up at that point in the race. So, I mean, those are not like... I know one guy was saying, oh, you got to consider the trips. No, you don't. Huh? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> You're not handicapping the race. Jesus, it, it's a it, it, credentials. First place, second place, third place. Those are the, the those are the you know the races that matter. Right. The, the you know it's not. You know some people think that winning the Derby is like automatic. You should get it. That's it's false. Stupid. A lot awesome. of bad horses won the Derby. They give it to go for Jim. Here he won the Derby and nothing else. It's just strange to me. I don't. I don't know why some people have latched onto them because it just doesn't seem like. I, I just don't understand it. It's you know, someone says oh, I don't like to see the big trainers win all races. Well, like oh, that's fine. I, I could, I, I could dig that. I identify you know? with that. But this is you know wanting to see him win and then arguing with me that he deserves more respect. <laughs> you know, I'll do. I'll do a lot more respecting when he. It starts winning. When he he's, wins. Yeah, he's he's gonna be and four years old. For a non-winners of two. 
still eligible for that condition. Listen, he's missed the board four times this year. Half his races, he didn't hit the board. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, three of them were Turfway. Though he did hit the board at Turfway twice. Yeah, it is. You know, it's just a reality check. If he's not the favorite, which I don't think it's possible, I think he's going to be the favorite. But he's never even been the favorite in a race. He's never been close to being the favorite in a race. His lowest odds this year were four to one in the in the Belmont. Belmont, yeah, which was stupid. Um, I mean, I bet everything. I, I didn't use him on a ticket in the Belmont. Um, he was uh, f- almost five to one in, in the Lucas Classic, and he was eight to one in the Leonidas, whatever that is. It, it, did he win any of those? No. Oh, okay. Just making sure. No. <laughs> I mean, since the Derby, he was he was he, he's won a four to one, eleven to one, uh, nine to uh, nine to two, and twenty five to one. <laughs> <laughs> be the first champion three-year-old that, that never was favorite in a single race all year. Well, they're, they're going to jump all over him. At church. I don't know. It's, it's just strange. But, I'd, be, um, I'd be surprised if he wasn't favored. Yeah, but, I don't see how he cannot be favored. He's going to get the sucker money for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so there's there. He's going to get that because of his Churchill record a lot as well. I mean, Churchill, he does he does his best work there, yeah. Well, he's um, two for three with a second at Churchill, and he's uh, two for 12 with a second at uh, Lifetime. (laughs) So if you took his Churchill races out of the equation, he would have nine starts with no wins, no seconds, and three thirds. Yeah, Chuck, you should respect him more. Respect this. <laughs> this gang. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Uh, anyways, um, so Friday we got news that, um, and it, it's funny that everyone's, oh, I expected this. <laughs> it's just total lies. <laughs> that, uh, that Haiza was declared unconstitutional by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, which I guess was like, like I said, everyone, oh, that, you know, we weren't surprised by this. Yeah, well, you haven't really acted like you, <laughs> you, you, you were, you weren't going to be surprised by this because if you weren't going to be surprised, then you would have had a lot more, um, uh, con- uh, conclusive, or- but, um, like reservations about the whole thing. No, I'm saying that the people that, that said that they expected it to happen, you would have thought that they would have went when it did happen. They they would have not like looked like they were shocked and right. scrambled to like come up with words to even say. Well, we're geez, we don't we don't know what this means. pearl clutching. What do you mean you don't know what it means? <laughs> if you expected it, then, then what, you what, already what know. You right? Like if you expected right. to lose here. Then what? What were your options? I mean, isn't that part of the plan? 
right? That, oh, oh we're going to lose in court, so this is what's going to happen if we lose. But, hey, by maybe there'll be a miracle and we'll win, so then we won't have to worry about it. But if we do lose, then, you know, we should, we're going to be prepared and, and we're going to do A, B, and C. And that was not how the heist of people um, responded. Not at all. And I am not a lawyer. I am not a legal expert. I will not um, try to convince anyone of that. I'm not going to stay in a Holiday Inn Express. Dang it. So I have to rely on, on what we've been told by attorneys, you know, privately and, and, and what uh, <clears throat> I thought Bill Finley's sister uh, laid it out very well in the TDN. Happy to see that uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Finley had uh, one successful prodigy. But, um, you know, what she's basically saying is that, um, and, and she tried to be diplomatic about it, but you read between the lines. And this whole embanked nonsense, it's not going to happen. The court ruled 3 nothing. They're not going to look at it again. And, you know, depending on how the Sixth Circuit Court decision um, comes up and you know the the lawyers that seem to know what the hell they're talking about saying including you know Finley's sister said that um, if the Sixth Circuit has a different verdict if it does not say it if it says it is constitutional that there's a chance that the better chance the Supreme Court will actually hear it Though most legal analysts believe that if it goes to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court is makeup is, is a lot closer to the Fifth Circuit Court than any other, and um, it's probably dead if it goes there. If it does, of course, that'll take time. But she made a point that they probably shouldn't be making any more rules or trying to enforce anything in the meantime. Uh, though it was interesting that she said that it, it only takes effect in the states that the fifth amend uh the fifth circuit court covers which i think is texas louisiana and maybe arkansas um but um but it's you know very important from terms of um it's an important decision because other circuit courts can use that decision as precedence so so I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what, like, um, it's the greatest thing to happen because the fact of the matter is that there is more needed to be done. That's never been a question, even though people, well, that's, even, that's the, the, even that's if you kill a bootlicker, you got accused of, you know. Well, that's the, that's the thing that kills me is like. Again, this is like across the board with most subjects on social media. There's no nuance. It's either one extreme or the other. And this is one of those situations where, you know, I know you and I both feel like, yeah, there's something that should be done. But HISA may not be the answer or this version of HISA isn't the answer. And people get that confused and they come at us sideways like, oh, you guys don't like HISA at all and i don't understand why you guys don't like the game and it just goes on and on 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 some nonsense but it's just about nuance and if you you take a step back 
and you really analyze what's going on, what has Hissa done up to this point? Not very much. Nothing impactful to the point where it's making a huge difference on or off the racetrack. So now you have all these legal things going on. It's like, okay, so it's, it's probably not on the up and up and things are going to have to change. Great. But where do you go from here? That's the key. I mean, I, I think I remember saying this like a long time ago is that they, they had the wrong approach from the get-go. And they rolled it out too fast and, and they were going to have to change it. And, and here we are. Um, but it's, it's just, it, it's hard to, to convey those kind of things sometimes on social media because people get emotional and they don't realize what's going on. Like from a, from an intelligence point of view, rather than an emotional point of view. Right. No, I, I, I concur. You know, you, you want to put it in layman's terms. Uh, if your football team, your NFL team, has a quarterback that's not very good, <laughs> you got a problem, right? That's your problem. You, you, have a, you have a problem, the problem, racing out a problem, and the regulation's not very good. Well, if your team goes out and gets Carson Wentz as your new quarterback, are you going to be happy with it? He's new. He's different. Maybe he's a tad bit better than the last guy but he's not good. He's still going to be, you know, he has a lot of issues. He's going to throw bad interceptions. He's going to make bad plays because he's just a, a fill-in. That's what Heisa is. It's a fill-in. They, they made so many mistakes. And I, I don't even want to talk about the legality of it because I, it's, it's, that's, that's not our, that's not, that's not our bag. <laughs> um, but I mean, but that's the cost of it is though. number one, the cost. Number two, the fact that that people were, were basically shut out of this. And this is, this is the truth. Trainers and owners were shut out of this. Even though we're the people who, who this is going to um, be most affected by this because we're the ones being regulated. We're shut out. We, we didn't get a, a voice. We didn't get a, a chance to say anything. No. And we're smarter than, than these people. About this topic, maybe they're smarter about whatever topic it is that they studied or whatever business that they ran. But most of them don't know anything. And, it, and it's apparent. And the attitude has been poor. They, they didn't hire the lady who runs the thing until the end of February, the thing was passed 14 months before it took 14 months to hire somebody to run the thing. Like if I, if I have some legislation that I think, you know, there's a good chance of, of, of it getting passed in, in Congress, I'm going to have a list of people like day one, from the I get go. are going to run it. I, I'm going to have an unofficial list of people already. I'm going to have people that are that are going to be in place ASAP, so that um, you know you're, you're creating something from scratch. You're, this isn't, uh, an, a, you know, this is a completely new organization. So you need to get your ducks in a row as fast as you can. It took them forever. 
He wasted a year. And then it was like a mad scramble to get everybody registered. And then it was the attitude. This is a law, do it or you're out. You know, too bad. And you're supposed to say, oh, well, geez, this is going to, you know, it's going to be great for everybody. No, that's not, that's not right. And then look what they've done. They've come in and, and created a shoe rule. <laughs> of all the things to do. It just was totally unnecessary. And it was done because of one person on one of these committees. And it was flawed. And it makes no sense. And, and it, it was a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Does not exist. And the solution that they gave us for the shoes was a shoe that didn't exist. Which was the most baffling thing that a governmental, a federal government program could mandate a shoe that, that didn't exist. Well, that, that goes to show you the lack of, you know, all the scrambling and all that stuff you alluded to before. I mean, I don't think they cared, Barry. I think that's the thing. Probably is, didn't. We've, we've got the hammer and you're going to do it. And, and, you know, you don't like it too bad. And, and, you... and some of the other rules that like, uh, you know, have kind of faded into the background a little bit, like um, MagnaWave, which is a very useful therapeutic um, technique electromagnetic stimulation it, it's it's beneficial for horses they 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 treated it as though it was something that was not beneficial and they categorized it with jockey buzzers and cattle prods <laughs> it was like what are you doing hey, this shouldn't be included period you can't do it on race day. Okay, no problem. Other than that, you can do it anytime you want because none of you people know anything about it or horses. You don't know anything about horses. So why are you making these decisions? Oh, you can't do it within 48 hours of a work? What? <clears throat> why? Exactly. It'd be like if someone decided, well, we're going to be the czar of basketball. And no mm. stretching before the games anymore. No, because, you know, stretching is going to give you, um, uh, you know, an unfair advantage. Proves performance. <laughs> yeah, it also, uh, you know, prevents injuries, which MagnaWave does. But no, no, no. That was the lowest hanging fruit there was, and 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 they were warned by many people. And did they? What did they do? They ignored it. And it could have been taken out. Do you think some congressman from Wyoming was going to come in and say, "Hold on, Section Fourth"? Page three, paragraph two. Well, you guys didn't cover MagnaWave. No. Nobody in Congress give a shit about this. No one cares. They don't have to pay for it. They ain't getting votes from it. They don't care. Mm -hmm. That's why you're now so good. (laughs) I'm, I'm still tripping off of that because, you know, we got Carson Wentz when we need Tom Brady. And it's just like, how do we get from Carson Wentz to Tom Brady? Well, the first thing you, you can't do is, is shut everybody out. Right. You gotta you gotta get advice. Understand this the, the parameters here. And and they never did that. They never at least for, as far as I know, uh, they did not understand the whole complex issues, every single one of them that are out there, 
and then just address them one at a time or however they're going to do it. But there seemed to be no playbook at all. Except for one thing. No Lasix. No Lasix. That was actually written in the law. All right, we're going to set up an authority that makes up all makes all the rules and regulations. Except one thing: no, no, no race day medication, aka no laces. It's uh, it's nuts. And I've been talking about this for the better part of a decade, maybe maybe more longer than that. And. I think people finally started to realize the, the general racing um, person of interest realized that, that no Lasix is going to have an effect and it's not going to be a positive effect. And people have noticed that form is spotty on some horses and the horses will occasionally just run these, you know, God awful races. And you're in the, as a public you know, as, as a better, you're in the dark. You're not told who bled and who didn't bleed. So, you know, it, it just is a, a, a variable that didn't need to be. And, that, and I don't even want to get into the, the actual health of the horses because that's completely misunderstood. I mean, I, I made a, a vow to myself this year, do not get into debate about health of horses with people who don't know fucking anything about horses. <laughs> you know it's just the way it is that it, it, it's just it's just the way it is because you know I'll, people will tell me and you know not that i'm anybody but people sometimes don't know who i am on, on, on twitter and they start you know giving me like this and that you know it's like dude i train horses for 20 years man. <laughs> i've been on the backside since i was 14 years old i know i know about horses <laughs> you know like I, I have some experience with them just a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I know everything, but I know the basics. You know, I, I know what they do. And our friend the other day, uh, uh, the former, uh, oh, uh, man, the former Marshfield fair jockey was telling me about what horses feel. And I said, well, how do we know what they feel? They don't talk. Yes. <laughs> I said, people can project what they think they might be thinking or how they're responding to certain stimuli, but we don't know how horses feel because they do not, they do not talk. They do not express their emotions. <sighs> yes, if you, if you might try to bite you or kick you, we know that, <laughs> but we don't know if it upsets them or if they're just responding. They're they're not people, and you know to to attach human uh, emotions to them uh, is just it's speculation. It's not um, you know you can't you can't tell me you know what a horse thinks because you don't know what they think. Yeah, it's it's even it's it's just absurd to even think about. <laughs> but here we are. No, oh, and and. and... I think that I people that listen to this uh, and people that this see, know us in person know that what we want is better rules. Is not this or that or support this or that. No, we just want better rules. And any 
federal regulation has got to include has got to include the on the track um, regulation. It just has to. That's where it should start because it would be the easiest thing to do. It would be the easiest thing to do. If, if you put a couple smart people in a room, representatives from the guild, the jockeys, a couple stewards that actually know what they're doing, um, a couple lawyers, because we've always got to have the lawyers. We can figure out a cognizant um, rule book in, in, in a couple days. And this is what, what needs to be done. But it can't be um, ridiculous. It can't, you know, it's like some of the heist stuff. is We're not going to steal the owner's money. <laughs> and it, it just has to be done. It, it's the, the MIG got a lot of pub this weekend for, you know, talking out about hurting and, and unsafe riding, which is something we've talked about for three years. Um, but of course he's, you know, a former jockey and he's on TV. So he, he gets a lot more attention than, than that. But we've said the same thing forever that, that he said that this is the steward's problem. And this is steward's fault that the stewards are the cops on the side of the road and the guys are driving by going 95 miles an hour. And if they do happen to pull them over, they give them a warning. And that's why the jocks are riding like they ride. Watch races from 20 years ago. They didn't ride like this. Every race now, there's some sort of unsafe riding. There's some sort of hurting. There, there's it, it's, it's just... Uh... Well, you know it's bad if, if I had to comment. <laughs> That's right. I mean, even I, I stayed out of the other day. If you people don't stop texting me, I'm never going to speak to you again because I don't know how to turn the stupid thing off. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I just think my approach would have been a lot different from the get go with his. So, like, you know they should have saw the problems that they have with the jurisdictions at least, you know, have a sit down with all the jurisdictions. Start there where the rules deviate and then try to put them all together. I mean, they could easily get a, a, you know, like a pact between, you know, New York, California, Florida, Kentucky, and we'll throw in Louisiana. And say, hey, look, these are the issues that we have. We want to try to consolidate these rules. Are you guys going to be in on this? If you do, we can sign this pact and we're going to get these rules consolidated. And then it's easier for the lower jurisdictions to kind of follow suit. So they don't really need to be at the at the table. But it goes from the top down. And, and I don't understand how they, they that thought process did not happen at all. And they just like, all right, well, we're going to just start with these shoes and with the whip strikes of all right. the th- that are out here. Right. And it's like, no, why, it's... why there? I don't get it. Put it this way. If, if we took a, a poll of the listeners of this program, which are <laughs> obviously people that are highly interested in horse racing, I'm sure none of them would have said shoe rule. I'm sure none of them would have would have been there. Maybe a couple, but, but would have been, you know, hey, this is 
We got to get this jockey whip thing under control. Yeah. I mean, it would have came of, up. That of all came. the issues Who's that we have, it? these are not the strongest ones. And obviously, the drug regulations takes more time because it's more complicated. It's far more complicated. But, um, you know, in the end, we just want better. And the heist wasn't going to be good enough. It just wasn't. It just wasn't. If you, if the first thing you do is not get control of what goes on on the racetrack, on the racetrack itself, then you don't understand the game and the problems that we face. And let me tell you something. They could put in every rug rule they want. They could hire whoever they want. If guys continue to win at 37%, guys continue to to have horses make drastic turnarounds, no one's going to believe it actually works. And that's the thing that, that so many suits don't get that nobody cares about their damn regulations nobody cares about their stupid rules you know what they care about what goes on on the racetrack because that's what affects their pockets people are concerned with what affects them aiden butler said something a couple months ago about racing and he was a 100 percent he said, "Ultimately, horse racing will be judged by how we take care, how we take care of, and how we treat the horses." And the sad truth is that is not true. <laughs> racing, because of economics, has nothing to do with the, the horses. Nothing. And I'm not saying that those aren't important. Of course, it's 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 hugely important. How we have the track surfaces, Africa, all, all that's great. It's, it's, it's huge. It's important, of course. And I say that from a person that, that didn't need uh, a whole lot of assistance in taking care of their horses once they were retired. We found homes for them, and we checked on them, and we made sure. And if uh, I have happy horses all over the country. Unfortunately, they weren't that fast. So, <laughs> But it's going to be economics that kill this game. And people say, oh, dog racing. You know why dog racing died in Florida? It died because the tracks didn't want it anymore. The tracks didn't want dog racing anymore. The only one that did was Palm Beach Kennel Club. Yep. The other tracks, they didn't want Because they were the only ones making money. They off. saw a chance to get rid of it. Poker rooms. Yes. They didn't fight it. They didn't fight it. The dog per the anti-dog coalition said that they were lobbying uh, a prominent Florida legislator. And the legislator said and, and they were going in there with you know talking big, but they, they weren't thinking that they were gonna get everything they wanted. You know, you go and you talk to a a, a politician and, and you lay out twelve different things and you know, maybe you get one, maybe you get two. And the politician said to him, well, okay, go instead ahead. of putting oh. all these regulations in, why don't we just get rid of dog racing, period? And they were like, you know, they didn't want to say anything. They said, oh, this is our goal. But, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, let, let's reach out to, you know, let, let our let my, my people reach out to the dog tracks and, and see what kind of, you know, fight they're going to put up. And they found out that they didn't care. Right. And then it ended up on the ballot and voila. It ended up on the ballot. And, and anything would pass on the ballot. That's what people don't realize. Anything will pass on a ballot if one side spends 98% of the money 
advertising to have it passed or have it fail. It will fail or pass based upon that. Especially something like dog racing that was easy to to, to make into a, a bad thing. Most people don't really, you know, people treat animals bad, so yeah, we're going to vote against this. The scary thing is, you know, in some states, I'm not so sure that the racetracks wouldn't do the same exact thing. The horse racetracks. Yeah. No, you're right. It's economics. If they were making a lot of money on this, then guess what? They'd want it more. It's easier to get rid of us. But that doesn't mean that there's not potential for growth. There's great potential for growth. Except it's never realized for you know a variety of reasons, and I don't want the show to go too long because it's sixty minutes already, and and we've talked about a lot of the issues already. I mean, this is not something that we haven't covered. There's there's so many barriers to growth. Um, you know that that uh, I mean the takeout argument's been going on forever. Well, yeah, that I mean, all that is is desire. I mean, the math is there. They can analyze it till the cows come home, but the math is there, and it's just about desire. Just like, you know, most changes in this sport is all about the desire to do it. And I guess nobody's put up a great argument or good enough to get some of those things changed, or they just don't care and was like ah oh, whatever like you said maybe they're like the dog tracks it was just like mm, I was at a track today there was about 90 people there and it was you know 27 degrees but a Saratoga harness they they put up minimal effort the the minimum the bare minimum and you know they don't care <laughs> It's hard to make them care, you know, and and that's the thing is that, and you're not going to be able to make them all care. That's for sure. Hmm. I mean, look how, when Churchill Downs is is an an easy target because they've closed a lot of tracks uh, and, you know, they exhibit apathy to racing in in a lot of, on a lot of occasions, but look when when they're engaged (laughs) racing. You know, they put on a damn good show. Yeah. When, when, when they, you know, when it's the home team and, or when it's, uh, um, you know, a big event. And I mean, economics are going to kill us. Not some, not some animal rights nonsense. Hmm. Economics. And that's why shrinking the game will never work. The smaller you make the game, the less political clout you have. The less states, the less state senators and congressmen you'll have going to bat for you, or at least very least not not being, you know, against you. Um, to think that we're gonna have five like little circuits left and, and they're going to continue to get funded with slots or your tax benefits. It's just not going <laughs> to happen. No way. Not going to happen. 
And it starts with something like HISA. And that the people behind HISA are not going to come to the table and say, you know what? Let's compromise. Let's try to find the best way moving forward to do the best for the business as a whole. Not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And guys that are going to, the the media outlets that are going to pander to them are going to continue to pander to them. Um, And that's a problem. But that's a minor problem in racing. We have no more, you know, what should I say? The, the amount of actual media that we have that isn't somehow um, biased by, you know, various issues is very small. Is very, very small. We don't have newspaper coverage for the most part anymore. When they do cover it, it's it's kind of, if it's not a, a, a guy who is a pro, who had done it for years, who was now, you know, working freelance, like Tim Wilkin does at Saratoga. Mm-hmm. He does some work for the Blood Horse, and he does some work for the, the Saratoga, you know, the, the Capital District Papers during that meet, because, you know, he, Tim knows. Um, but uh, the, the local, the Times Union hired a guy, and... Oh, man. That guy, he was a mistake a minute. He had, he had uh, Airgate winning a triple crown, and... <laughs> Yeah, he was a mess, dude. <laughs> he was, you know, all over the place. So uh, you can't expect that media to to fight the fight anymore. And like us, we're independent, right? We don't we don't have any um, anybody that's supporting us financially. Period. Let alone, uh, um, you know, it's gonna try to influence us in some way so we can say wherever we want but yeah there's a lot of people don't have that luxury some of some of the other people though they try to pretend like they are they try to pretend like they're neutral but they're not neutral they're biased it's it's not you know you can say hey you know what that's just the way it goes because hey they've got to make a living but okay it's fine but don't act like you aren't biased right yeah exactly don't 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 act like we don't see that The one thing about the Heisa thing over the last six, eight months is that I've seen a lot of people um, recognize the issues in a greater light. And I think a lot of people have seen some other people in different ways because of the way they acted or reacted. Um, And that's that's a beneficial thing. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. People have seen some of the phoniness and some of the the bullshit that that uh, you know just isn't true. You know, like the, today. Well, what, what did they say today in uh, the one paper that? Uh, uh, oh man, honest horsemen are screwed. Get out, Heisa. Mm-hmm. They said, "Oh, they were going to hire investigative services." Well, let me ask this question: uh, Why couldn't we hire them without? a federal program. What would be so difficult about that? Because, you know, there's a lot of billionaires in this business. Man. And, and you know what? A lot of those billionaires don't have any trouble spending money on <clears> horses. <throat> so, you y'all want this thing cleaned up? Donate a little money. The jockey club? Full of billionaires. Full of them. Put some money up. 
sell baked goods at at, at, at the round table next year or something. <laughs> well, the ones that trip me out are the the people that blindly just think Hissa or thought Hissa was automatically the answer because it existed, not for the fact that they did anything. Just because they, you know, there's a there's a body called Hissa, then they're on board with it no matter what. And that's a terrible approach with anything. I don't blindly fault anybody. Including my parents. No, I, I just think people are <laughs> stupid and that's the problem. Yeah. And, and well, you, know, you know what the problem is? Like I, I said to you earlier today, there's just too many stupid people. And and all <laughs> they've done is just like like they've they've just like proven it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's it's overrun, it seems. Because of their own pet peeves. I'll have an opinion on something, but I'm going to have a background. I'm going to give you reasons. You don't still have to agree with it, but it's not just going to be, well, geez, it's better than what we had before. So was Carson Wentz. How's that working out? Telling you, man, that's a great analogy. Oh, well, it it wasn't working before because no one did gave a shit before. Nobody said anything. Nobody did anything. You mean to tell me you couldn't go to the uh, one of these racing commissions and say, listen, we're hiring a private force to, to do this, and, and we're going to hand deliver you the, the you know, our findings, and it's all going to be uh, neatly arranged, and these guys are all uh, ex-law enforcement. They know how to gather evidence, and they know how to present something, and we're going to give it to you. They're, what do you think they say? No. <laughs> don't, don't do that. We're going to work with your investigators, the current people you have. We're going to buy, provide surveillance. We're going to work with the tracks. We're going to do that. No. You need a federal program for that? No. Stop with that bullshit. Stop. Everybody wants to sit in, 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 their, uh, you know, in their ivory towers and, and preach. Where have you people been? What have you been doing? Huh. You know what you people do? I'm not talking about the betters, obviously. <laughs> but the betters bet on the guys who are juicing. Got it. How can you how can you not? You know what they did? They give the horses to them. They complain about these guys, but then they they, they fill their barns up. Oh, I think that guy's, you know, that uh so many suspect things going on. Next thing you know, who's got horses? Oh, you got horses with him too. Meanwhile, that's one thing those guys never, never are in need of are horses. It's it's amazing, like you said. It's like, you know, they talk all that shit, and you know, who has a lot of horses in their barn? One guy quit for a month or so, came back at Oakland, went back to California, got horses. Didn't struggle, not no struggle at all, just. Picked up right where he left off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and where's our media to ask these questions? There, there is none. I want to hear your. Oh well, it's better before. No, it's not better than before. It it could have been worse. 
it could have been worse. Now, look, look at the whole Lucas thing, the Lucas Classic, not D Wayne. Look at the whole Lucas Classic nonsense with this. Oh, stupid! Did he have toga? It's all nonsense. This is this is a made up issue. What is that? How is that benefiting anything? It's not. It's not. That's what I think the highs are. Creating issues that, that didn't exist. Meddling in things that didn't exist. Trust me, these drug regulations, there's going to be a whole bunch of issues with them. There's going to be issues with them. Notice that they 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 selected, of course, you know, they select a, a horseman's advisory committee, but they select them. They they select them, not 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 the horsemen. The authority, who they want, then. What what you know? How's that work? And then <laughs> did you notice that they selected them after the rules had already been submitted? So all the rules have already been made. Right. They should the have been part. on the foundation of that. They should have been of there from day one. Right. Ugh. And and trust me, I know that, that, that offers were made to assist them and they turned most of them down. And some of the people that they didn't turn down, they didn't listen to them anyways. What about, what about wagering security? This last uh, deal with... Oh, with the Quinellas. With the Quinellas, which should have been banned like 20 years ago. I mean, why do we need them? Because they offer the sniper place bets. Because my dad bets them. I bet them too. I, I bet them as, instead of you guys got place. Quinellas. Enough with the Quinellas. But now they're gone, it's not really going to hurt my feelings. No, <laughs> no, I mean? no, one, like no a, one's going to barely even notice. But, uh, but it's like a thing, main like, thing like, somebody like, bets is Quinellas. It has to be a regular regular, if you went out and asked your average racing guy, okay. I'm not gonna say a guy that comes once a month or once a year. I'm not gonna say a guy that comes every day, but like a guy that plays on a regular basis and and he doesn't bet two dollars and win plays and show. You ask him what the problems of racing are, and he is not gonna talk about shoes, he's not gonna talk about whips, he's not gonna talk about uh, uh, much of this other nonsense that they they talk about, but he is gonna talk about uh, odds going down mm-hmm. during the race, which happens all the time. He's going to talk about, um, you know, <clears throat> jockeys hurting and, and bad stewards decisions, which happens all the time. And they're not covering those things. They wash their hands of those because they don't care about racing. It's just about control and, and not having LASIKs. God, we don't need license. And and a compromise could have been you could have if you invited people to the table and you said, "Listen, this is our position. We want no LASIKs. Your position is you want all horses to have LASIKs. Let's compromise, mm-hmm. okay? Let's set up a ten-year deal or eight-year deal or something, and said we won't come after LASIKs in any races, but but graded stake races and two-year-olds." Okay, fine. Two-year-olds just starting out. Force does bleed. You can give them some time off, bring them back as three. Give them, unlace, give them LASIKs. That's your penalty. It's the greatest set races, that's fine. The The number of, of, of horsemen, trainers, and owners that win significant amounts of, of money in greatest set races is probably about 4% of the population. 
maybe, all right, let's say 10, okay? So 90% of the people, it doesn't affect at all. The people who aren't uh, having their barns filled with, with top horses every year, those people aren't, are really not affected negatively in that, in that manner. And their owners are not affected negatively either. Believe me, they would have, people would have agreed to that. The horsemen would have agreed to it. Yeah, that seems like a no-brainer as far as a compromise goes. How could you turn that down? We've been doing it. it it's, it, it, it's a, you know, right. our guys are some people going to be insistent that every horse, you know, gets it or has the ability to get it. Of course. Sure. Are there going to be people on the other side that insist that we need to get rid of it for all horses because uh, some woman in France doesn't like it? Sure. But in the end, the majority would have agreed to a compromise. And we would have had that. And and there wouldn't be lawsuits if there was a compromise, if people really were backing this. If people, they didn't say, oh, the majority of the industry is behind this. That's not true. If the majority... And I'm not talking about 51.2%. I'm talking about the majority of people weren't behind it or were behind it. There wouldn't be lawsuits. People would go to their horseman's rep and say, what are you guys doing? Spend our money on something else. Right. Don't fight that. But there never was. This has been, we're going to jam this down your throat from day one. And day one wasn't last year or five years ago. It was 15 years ago. And I remember talking to Steve Bick about it and saying, I don't get it. Like, this is a settled deal. Like, Lasix is Lasix. We've had Lasix for a long time. It took a while to get Lasix in New York because of one particular individual didn't like it and was more or less had to die before they, they, they got it. But, like, why are we dragging this, you know, what, why are we going back to the dark ages here? But that was the, that was the reasoning. I actually um, remember that when, when Lasix wasn't allowed there in New York. It was like a big deal. When they it was. This... I'm just like incredulous that people acted as though this was going to be some great thing that everyone was, you know, that Jamie Nash wasn't going to exist anymore and, and, and everybody was going to be, you know... Uh, Every every it was going to be like it's a basically it's like communism. That's what they were like bought into. Well, yeah. Oh, then there's people that are still under that illusion. That's what's killing me. Is like you didn't see read. They don't want it. it, and that's another thing that happens on, and it probably happens in this society more than you know we're willing to admit. Um. You know, like the whole Twitter thing. Oh, Elon Musk. Who gives a shit? Who cares? I don't care who owns Twitter. I don't care. What difference does it make? Oh, well, he's going to let Trump back. I don't care. I, I block him anyways. Oh, right. <laughs> block. Just block. You don't like him? Block him. Oh, well, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. I don't want to hear it. All oh, the employees all quit. Well, this happens. You, you, you mean <laughs> to tell me that in a, in a country with, you know, millions of people, the young people that that uh, have, have technology uh, experience that they wouldn't take jobs if you offered them enough money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you guys nuts? out there. Where do you live? You the guys get out there working live? at some shitty programming job making $38,000 a year. You say, hey, buddy, we're going to give you a 250 to come here and, and do that, to do this. Like, he wouldn't be there. 
he'd work for it's it's silly i mean i don't care like that that doesn't make any difference twitter is something that we use we go on we're on it all the time it's it's you know i don't want to go away but if it goes away we'll we'll find something else find something i'm not gonna like 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 sit here and be um on a daily basis like go through the minutiae of who's of, of oh my god they're 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 blocking the doors who cares as long as Twitter's on, and I'm and I'm currently suspended by Twitter. <laughs> That's the Which best. Which happened, part. by the way, after everyone supposedly quit. So I might be suspended forever. But um, I don't even say anything that bad. No. Like I deserved it too. I told him to jump off a bridge. And he, and it wasn't that he, uh, he, he turned me in. It happened immediately, like, like immediately as soon yeah. as you it. like an algorithm. He words, it. yeah. But um, things could always be better. I'm telling. I'm going to tell you why the states never did any good because no one ever held them to the fire. No one. They let them do that. And we weren't, you know, this is another topic that used to pet peeve. We didn't choose the states to regulate us. They were, no, they it were is. thrust upon us. Right. They were just like, here. They say, hey, we'd like to regulate ourselves, uh, but uh, not how we'll take this. Thing. You guys regulate us on. We're a gambling, we're a gambling activity. We're, we're controlled by the state. It's been that way since since I've been alive. <laughs> the state runs it. We'll survive. In the end, as long as we keep treating customers bad and fields keep shrinking and there's there's you know bad stewards decisions and. A minority of the people are, are are given everything, and everyone else is getting nothing. And the backsides continue to become, um, you know, the prince and the pauper. Things are never going to get better. I don't care who regulates the thing. You could bring the Terminator in to shoot people <laughs> with phasers. If they, it doesn't matter because this is the economics matter. Anyways, I've ranted long enough. I know, and we didn't even get to everything. What else did we talk, Miss? Well, the unspoken Twitter beef that dominated the scene on November 17th. Oh, oh, the the Chad Brown versus Swift. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I have to tell you that I was fully entertained by it. It was. It was. I can't say it wasn't. I'd be a liar. I mean, they had spaces, Twitter spaces, deep into the night. Yeah, I mean, it was it. it that was that was like the most prolonged thing I've ever seen on on Twitter. Horse racing Twitter was was, was alive that day. Oh man, was it? I just laughed when people were 
poo-pooing. Oh, Chad's gonna, he's gonna blow his million-dollar business. I'm thinking yeah. to myself, Wait, you not- dragged out of court in handcuffs, and nothing happened then. Three days so- before the Travers <laughs> for choking <Yeah>. somebody. <laughs> Right, and then... <laughs> and it didn't seem like it hurt his business, so I'm gonna guess that a Twitter beef with a guy named Swift is not going to uh, cause his uh, big owners to say, "Oh, geez, we better find someone else. We can't have Twitter beef." Not that I'm saying it wasn't, you know, from uh, someone in that position probably shouldn't be getting in Twitter beefs like that, but you know, Twitter beefs are part of life now, man. <laughs> 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 you know? The norm. Yeah, it's the it was, standard. It was, it was entertaining from our standpoint, that's for sure. That's right. And then you, we had a we had a I, spillover. Where, I know there was a there's like an ad, and, and, ad hoc and Barshu Lifer, an adjunct like separate side beef, and it was then, like a WWF kind of thing. Like, and then the fake accounts got involved. Man, there was there was so much going on. There's so many layers. Yeah, there's a, you're interviewing one guy, and another guy comes out of the stands with a folding chair clubs him over the head <laughs> oh man that was that was that was, that was something yeah and you people want to get rid of twitter come on man yeah well i guess i guess you're not really like a member of horse racing twitter until you kind of get a little fisticuffs on there like that's that's like your your badge of honor, you know. Like blood in, blood out. They gotta beat you up to get in. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. It's uh, there are there are so many people that but just terrible takes that just don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, no, seriously though, but. If if the people that listen to this show understood how many tweets we exchange, like we send to one another just to look at and gawk and laugh, and it's it's unreal. It's 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 at least ten a day, at least, and that's being conservative. Oh, yeah, probably with bad takes or just something wild. That's a, that's a real real slow day. Yeah. No, the best is when. People just don't want. They just don't want to hear it. You know. Nope. They made up their mind, or they have some sliver of evidence that they're gonna throw in your face for twenty-seven times. I remember a guy who said, "What was that guy, Benny? Remember Benny? Oh man, Benny kept telling me, oh, well, you're 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 only winning.' Transformed his account, so you don't know somebody else out there now. I said, I think he's still around." Yeah, well, I'm sure he's still around somewhere. Just yeah. a different name. Everybody's going to beat me at Saratoga. He's going to beat me up. <laughs> Anytime, my friend. <laughs> so go to Saratoga. Just go to the track. Ask somebody. They'll know where I am. <laughs> Not hard to find. Yes, you can find me. No problem. Stealing golf carts. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah you're, 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 you're not. You, you haven't won a race in two months. Well, That's because I don't train anymore. Yeah, I, I realize that. I don't train anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Somebody told me. <laughs> the man, I haven't seen your name yet. You haven't seen my name since 2019. <laughs> 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 what do you think? I, I got suspended for... <laughs> uh, 
Dutra will be back soon. When's his thing up? Next year? Believe it or not, it's almost 10 years. Right. It's, it's like next year, right? Or... I think so, yeah. I mean, we're saying that it was a short 10 years, but I'm sure he wouldn't say that. No. No. no I don't know. You think he's going to come back? Yeah. Or try to? Absolutely. Why not? What yeah. else is he going to do? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what he's been up to. You don't have much else that he can do. Um, she should got a positive. Yeah, today, right? Yeah. He's okay. prone to Somebody alerted me to the fact that at any time he anything's like that with Suge, it's always when he ships out of town. It's well, the only two times I can remember it happening to him is this one and the one that he got the positive in a while. Right. Of all places. And that was for something you know, minor. People don't want to, oh my god, is this another cheater, you know. It's no, that's not even it, man. Like, of course, you know, people. Don't but they, everybody it. wants to make it out, and and you know what? Honestly, some of those articles are kind of written that way too. Um, but believe me, the guys, a lot of the people that write them are are they're not experts. Ace promising. I got a positive race promising. Did you? Yep. I sure did. Horse on my nine. It's supposed to be a tranquilizer. No deadline was the name of the horse. She won by nine at Keeneland. <laughs> the funny thing was that was during the spring meet, and I remember I got a phone call uh, late September because um, they gave me they gave me fifteen days. And, you know, I didn't fight it. I, I sent a split sample out, and uh, to LSU, Doctor Barker said that. Uh, he explained all the particulars, and and w- once he did it, it made it made a lot of sense. The fact that it was very very strange because at the time Kentucky's um, rules were the most liberal. You could give anything almost up to twenty four hours, and day of the race there was a lot of things you could get a horse um, legally, and Ace Promazine was the only medication that that was on their list that had an unusually low threshold. I think it was 10, 10 nanograms. And I said, well, what's Louisiana's threshold? He said 100. I said, hmm. wow, yeah. He told me that done a study that, uh, because ACE is widely used. Um, it's, it's used a lot for training. Because, you know, these are high-strung horses. They're, they're yeah. kept in, in stalls for 23 and a half hours a day. And uh, especially the younger ones. A lot of times, um, you know, people... I was never really that big on doing it and giving it. Um, but uh, I know some trainers, like Steve Asman, they give it to all their horses. I don't know how he does any more positives, to be honest with you. As many horses as he runs. But... um I remember him telling me that he had gone and done a study on the backside of a couple of racetracks where he just randomly sampled, found samples in stalls, uh, the walls, the dirt, the straw, just hay. 
and found contamination, uh, found ace chromazine all over the place. How? All over the place. Because horses pee it out. Or, oh. you know, when, yeah. when they give it to them or they give it to a pony or they're giving it to a race, you know, most of the time it's given orally and it spills. Horses don't always just accept the medication when you try to give it to them. <laughs> uh, you know, they'll fight you. They don't want that thing stuck in their mouth, and they know it tastes like shit. So they, once they get used to like tasting it, they're you know, so it gets on things. So you you could spray some uh, on the the stall wall, and unfortunately, you know, the horse might lick the wall that morning or the morning before you know of the race and. Next thing you know, you get a positive. That's why this. That's why they had high thresholds there, and it's a very quick-acting drug, and, and the half-life is very, very short. So, uh, if you give it today, it's not going to. It's have zero effect tomorrow. Um, so, I just took the days. You know, I was like, "What am I going to do? I'm going to fight it," and you know, right? It costs you money, and it, it, right, there just was no reason to fight it. It was higher than how it got a horse. We don't know. I don't know to this day. I do not know. Um, we had no record of giving the horse ace for like two weeks. And the last time we'd given it was for shoes because she wasn't, uh, she, had, she had a glue on shoes or something like that. So when you glue shoes on, it, it's a, it's a more tedious process and uh, you have to make sure they don't jump around or anything when you're putting them, you're glue, you're literally gluing the, the, the shoe to the bottom of the horse's foot. So if you slide it a little bit wrong, then it's be off. Yeah, right? you got to pull it off and do it all over again. And usually you're you're putting gluons on horses that don't have great feet to start with. So that's the last thing you want to do. But um, you know, I, t- I took the days, fifteen days. I was the only drug positive I ever got. That I had to do days. I got a butte overage once. It was two hundred dollar fine. That's days now. Even though Butte's the same thing, Half Life is very short. It's very, it's very short acting. Um, and that was it, really. I never got any of the. Po- oh, I got a fake positive. Yeah, I remember you told me that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I never forget this. The the, the the guy said he got, they, we got like ninety horses came out positive for. So how you have ninety horses positive for the same drug? <laughs> Right, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like, like what? <laughs> How's that possible? Right, they're from every barn yeah, on the backstroke. Yeah. Like, exactly. What the hell? Everybody's doing the same thing? Yeah, at the same time. It was at a bad lab. The lab was no good. I remember one trainer had a, a Lasix positive, and they brought an expert in, and the guy said, he goes, listen, it's impossible. Said, well, why do you say that? Just because you'd have to give the horse like like you know two thousand cc's of Lasix to get to a level that high, because they give ten, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's impossible. Can't, can't ever get that high. It's 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 obviously you know the problem is with the ten. You have to give them like an IV drip for for like a day, you know, but. Um... I mean, it can happen, and we were very, 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 very careful. But you know, these lower level positives. Um, 
I don't care what the vet, some of those vets will come on and say, oh, well, it has an effect, it doesn't have any effect. It's nonsense. <laughs> How do you know? I don't know. The practical experience of being around horses for like 40 years and using the same medications for, you know, 40 years. That's the thing about Lasix. It's like, we need to study it. Come on with this nonsense. I said right. nonsense about 20 times tonight. But we've studied this stuff for, for 30 years. At least. A guy like Dr. Cheney, who was around before there was Lasix in, in a couple jurisdictions, who was a practicing vet then, who saw it come through, uh, saw the legislature change the rules, saw the rules themselves changed. Where uh, I remember a lot of states we had to go and um, the horse had to bleed for the state vet. So you'd bring your horse back to your barn after a race, you'd scope them. And of course, the vet wasn't always exactly right there when the horse came back, especially if two or three or other horses, if there was an emergency or something else happened. And then they would scope the horse and they would find blood. And then you would have to bring the horse to the receiving barn or not to receive, excuse me, the test barn and re-scope them again. So here's a horse that just raced, that just had, had the trauma of, of bleeding, a bleeding episode. We got to scope them twice, including taking them from your barn, which isn't necessarily close to the test barn. And then walking them back to the test barn to scope them again to prove that they bled. And, of course, nobody wanted to do this. Say that didn't want to look at these horses bleeding. He, he was certainly willing to take the word of, of the, the attending vet because, like, what difference did it make to him? Um, and it, it was just a, you know, it was just a joke. Not right. to mention they figured out how to make a, you know, they, they pull blood from the horse and squirt it down his throat. Oh, look, he's bleeding. Okay. <laughs> I think that's as important as anything, too, is that when you're making rules, you need to have people that, that would know how to get around those rules, helping you make the rules so that they can circumvent, uh, or, you know, the, the circumvention can can be nullified at the beginning, not after it already has taken place. And now we have to have an amendment. We have to change. We have to have another rule change. Because changing something is harder than doing it right in the first place. And that's another weakness that they just appeared like they didn't care. So, so anyways, is there anything else that we need to cover tonight? Negatory. I think we got it. Let's see. We covered Justique. Rich Strike. Red strike again. <laughs> um, Upcoming races. Isa. 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 Shook positive. Yeah. And fisticuffs. Yeah. I think we got it. The greatest thing that could have possibly came out of that Swift versus Chad Brown Twitter fight was that it was proposed that they have a an actual fight. Oh, oh yeah, they were of course. Uh, yeah, they were all about it, or at least one side was. That would be a that oh be... man fight night at the races. Oh boy, 
that would be classic. I, I really have to say that the charity of I would I would pay I would pay for a ticket for that. I don't know how much, but I would definitely pay for a ticket. It'd be like <laughs> our own Jake Paul. Right? Oh, man. I don't know which one of them would be Jake Paul. Or uh, what's his name that got knocked out? Nate Robinson. <laughs> Poor Nate Robinson. He's still asleep. I troll him every chance I get on Twitter. He's probably the only person I do that to. Poor Nate. No, I'm, I know. Nope. Guy's still in the concussion protocol. Yeah. Troll Ray Felton. Ray Felton looks like he ate. It looks like he he was either wearing all of his clothes or ate all of the Krispy Kreme donuts ever. Ray's fat, man. Man, he is big. Holy shit, man. He was, he was pretty big when he was playing. <laughs> he was, but now it's just like, he's like like one of the fat boys. Like, from the, remember that rap group from back in the day? Yeah, of course, yeah. He, he was, like you can eat. Uh, he was, he was, a, he was part of a, being a Knicks fan, dark periods are, 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 are usually not too far off, even if things look better, but Ray was part of a really dark period. Yeah, that was post-Charlie Ward, Chris Childs era. He was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) If you really want to call it. I know know the Time Lord's upset because the the Thunder thunder didn't... uh, Thunder. They didn't thunder tonight. No Poku tonight. No Poku, no win. No chip. And I do have to say that my man Bol Bol is... Balling. Balling, man. Well, we went a little overboard tonight, but uh, what the hell. We want to thank everyone that's listened to our rambling and uh, appreciate it. And if you're looking for me at Cannon Shuttle, I'm suspended. But uh, I am... Tweeting under the Going in Circles Media tag. So, <laughs> if you want to get at me there. Though I can get me. Hey, Joe Bravo picks up on, on Twitter spaces with a suspended account. I can get uh, direct mails on, on it, but I just can't comment. Which is probably not the worst thing in the world. No, I was going to say, there's worse things. But uh, Joe Bravo knew it was you. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he knew it was you. Yeah, he did know. I don't know how, but he knew. I, I know. I was. I was. I was amazed that he knew because uh, he's not really on Twitter much. Uh, listen, it was a chance to take a shot at him. Yeah, but you can't do that. He knows Rick Ross, so I know he's all right. Bravo. That's my man's. Yep. Like Joe. I haven't seen him in a couple of years now, but I remember he came to my barn one day at Mama's and said, you know, you, you hardly ever ride me. I was like, dude, every time I call your agent, <laughs> he blows me off. He's got an, he's got another call. I said, you, you ride the favorite every race. If I don't have the favorite, I, I'm not going to ride you. 
well, you know, there's got to be one in there. I said, oh, there is. He won a couple races for me. Matter of fact, I think he won more races for me at Gulfstream than he did at Monmouth. That would make sense. Yeah. I think he wrote a horse named Oscar for Burt for me. <laughs> I want to say he wrote him, but he wrote Ninja when he went to the Meadowlands. That's right. Yeah. Ninja. Yeah. A, a, a young, uh, a young Stabile was in the winter picture that night. <laughs> uh, I think that was a New York uh, Post era, Anthony Stabile. The Ninja. I'll never forget New York Post. The day after I claimed Ninja. This is when they still used to cover horse racing. Some guy named Charles Simon claimed Ninja for 75000 <laughs> off of Stan Huff yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, Oh, what was his name? Rick Lang. Rick Lang wrote that. Rick Lang was a good dude. Um, he unfortunately got cancer and passed away. But uh, I remember seeing him afterwards um, at Saratoga, and I was like, He's like You're I'm the guy. I never knew really. I knew your name was Chuck, but I didn't put two and two together because you know he worked for the Chief and all those. Yeah, yeah. That's me. I'm that guy that claimed Ninja for seventy five thousand. But. Uh, it was so different. There was so much coverage. So much coverage. Russ Francis. Russ Harris. Russ Francis. Russ, Harris. Russ Francis was a tight end for the New England Patriots. Right. Yeah, that's that's why I got it mixed up. <laughs> Don't know if he went to Foxborough or not. Russ Harris. I remember his Russ picture Harris. in the in the in the paper and then the grid for Belmont and Meadowlands, the consensus picks. There was three New York papers that covered racing on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Daily. Oh, that's how I that's how I kind of learned things because yeah. uh, going to my daily grandpa's house, he, he'd have all the papers and I'd look at the racing section. Yep, the Daily News, the New York Post, and and Newsday every day had had people at the races covering races, writing columns, writing stories <clears throat> every day. Now we have nobody, none, zero, zilch. Yeah, that was uh that's 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 a tough one, man. And you know, you're you're he went on a little crusade on Saturday morning about the guy Steve Cornicky or whatever his name is. Oh yeah. Um getting a membership in the turf riders and broadcasters organization. That was kinda of surprising how many people kinda of was like defending. Oh. I think you made a valid point. I think what you you weren't trying to be personal against the guy, and, and that that's no. on Twitter a lot, and it, and it happens on Facebook too, um, and social media. People don't understand that the the topic that you're talking about, and it's not a personal thing. But you're saying and your point. I mean, go ahead and tell your point because why should I tell your point for you? But um, <laughs> no, it was just that uh, you know I just don't don't think a guy like that should be considered a turf writer or broadcaster he that's not his forte at all you know and i and i expressed the the thing that if he was an honorary member just because he's on the nbc broadcast you know that that's fine but why would he get an eclipse award vote just makes no sense to me when there's enough people that cover the sport daily um 
to do that. And, and he's, I wouldn't deem him an expert by any means. And, and some people said he's a horse player, which is cool. And I know a lot of horse players that could not do that, you know, or, or wouldn't be eligible to, you know, that that's not a good criteria just because he plays horses and he's on the broadcast, he should get an eclipse vote. And someone told me that, uh, people at the DRF can do it whenever. If they applied for it, they'd get it. Doesn't matter what, where they worked in DRF, sales guys, customer service, whatever. If you work at DRF, you get a vote, which is absurd. But some of the things we do in this sport don't make no, sense. I th- but I, th- I think, you know, the, the point was uh, the reason I brought it up was that, you know, what you were trying to say is. Uh, it wasn't malicious. A philosophical question is, should a guy that covers racing maybe five times a year be considered on equal with the people that really deserve it? Though there are a lot of people in there that are not. Um, oh, yeah. The list is too long, first of all. that That's A, number one. Oh. There's too many people on that list. I, at, at least we know who's voting. And, yeah. Um, you know, for the other people that vote we don't know what they're voting or who votes listen man it's like everything else in the horse racing it's what we always did so this is what we do right (laughs) how many people are actually actively covering horse racing you know probably i don't know 20 percent of them um And, and again, it, it's not you know, what difference does it really make? But uh, but no, that, you know the point is that it's hard to have a philosophical argument because people take they take it personally. You know. It's, yeah, it definitely wasn't personal. I mean, no. actually, I I think Kornacki does great work with what he does, but I wouldn't sit here and call him a horse racing guy enough so that he should you know, kind of help determine year-end awards as stupid as those awards may be, it's still a part of the sport. Your, your, your hypothesis was a valid one and it was certainly a debatable topic. Sure. Yeah. And it, it, it never got ugly, but there was just a lot of people kind of talking down at you, you know, like, you know, Oh my God, that guy, how are you? And they they weren't getting it, you know. It wasn't no. That's that's, that's it was unfortunately a a lot of of horse racing. And um, I thought Jay Hubdy wrote a good article, kind of retorting what Gary West wrote um, about Flightline, which to me seemed unfair um, that he was going to make that delegation of uh, they they're not doing what's right for racing. So I'm not going to vote for the horse, which would just seem bizarre, but he never did actually say who he was going to vote for. Right. Who else is there? <laughs> which, which would be my question. I was all right, if you're not going to vote for that horse, who are you voting for? Because there is not a very solid second candidate for that, uh, that position. Yeah. Um, and there's not really any races left in this calendar that are you know, deemed important enough that they would be, worthy of uh 
you know, consideration in the horse of the year title. But I, th- I thought that was unfair because, um, I, and I'm not a guy. I'm I've spoke out again against a lot of horses um, campaigns. Uh, Channel Maker is one of them. Channel Maker is one of them. He he had a good five weeks at Saratoga, and the rest of his year was very mediocre. He just happened to be lucky enough that uh, nobody he, else won. <laughs> nobody else won, and and, and, and Phillies ran one two in the turf that year, and Order of Australia won the mile. So there wasn't even like a viable European candidate. Um, but that's not it. I mean, I, I don't like three race campaigns. I hate them. It's horrible. If you if the if, if Flightline didn't just like dominate in those three particular races, which are all you know high high highest of high level races, I mean we talked about earlier about having um you know one grade one A races, all three of those races would be one of those. The Pacific Classic is the most important West Coast. Uh, race for older horses these days since the sanity to handicap is not what it used to be um the met mile of course is the definitive Shell of mile race self. in the country even more than the breeders cup mile right the met mile is a bigger race and uh the Breeders Cup classic which certainly would be a you know biggest the biggest race for older three and up in our country so um yeah, I mean, I, I just there, there's not another viable candidate, anyways, and I mean, it, it's it's a unique case. It's a very unique situation, and people aren't taking that as such. You know, um, just the whole thing. I mean, and this probably could only happen in a time like this. You know. Um, it couldn't happen. It couldn't happen earlier, you know, like in a, a different decade. No. It never would have flown because horses were running. Now, in this day and age, that could happen. And he also could, like he did, run out of competition. There just wasn't. And there's not another viable candidate. The turf divisions, right. uh, everybody wants to give it to European horses. Um, the sprint division is a shambles. The uh, the Phillies, you know, Malathat um, had a good year, but all summer she was getting beat by by, by Clarier. That's that's not, you know, she won, she beat uh, Blue Prize on nose and the distaff, and sure she's the going to be the champion Philly, but older Philly, but that's not a horse of the year campaign. Uh, Nest will be three year old Philly. She doesn't have a horse of the year campaign. Um. Who, who else is there? <laughs> you know, like nobody. Uh, that's what I mean. I, I don't even know who's going to be saying. I guess life is good, right? Right. Yeah. So, so life is good runs. You know, is, is second in the voting, and uh, I'm not even sure who the third horse will be. Olympiad, maybe, but mm-hmm. you, know, you, you can't give it to him. You can't give it to life is good. So, right. And there's only one choice. <laughs> if you're going to not vote for for people because they aren't quote unquote doing the right thing for racing, then you're gonna abstain from champion jockey. You're gonna abstain from champion um 
owner, you're going to abstain from champion trainer because owners should give their horses to more trainers. Trainers shouldn't have as many as they do. Um, um, jockeys, they're, they're right. You know, you could ride too many favorites. I mean, you could, you could make that case against almost everyone. Right. It's, <laughs> it's like, it, it was like, like a real, I don't know, like you said, it was kind of a bizarre take. It, it was a bizarre take and, you know, it made for a good article and he, and he, you know, he's a great writer. I mean, I love mm-hmm. his writing. I just disagree with him on this topic. That doesn't mean, you know, uh, I mean, we're against him or anything. I just think that it, it's, it's just a, a strange take in, in a, in an era when, All the people, most of the horses you're voting for are coming from um, operations that don't really spread the wealth and, you know, just uh, whatever. 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 Yeah. Well, flight line won't be unanimous, but there ain't going to be a lot of votes against them. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Might be a change of heart between now and then. Oh no, wrist strike! <laughs> oh boy, Jesus! He won two grade ones. It was the worst, worst argument of all time. You must respect him. Oh, he's he's got respect. I mean, but I give him credit. The horse is better horse than we originally thought he was. But yes, that doesn't mean. But like, he still a horse has two wins lifetime. The one was made third. <laughs> if if that horse were ever to win a horse of the year or champion three year old with a maiden win, derby win, and a Clark, that's well, a maiden win was last year, right? Well, that that doesn't even count. <laughs> Well, oh, it doesn't. But three, three wins a lifetime, two grade ones, and a bunch of fourths. Well, <laughs> I know. I hear you, man. It might as well. Tacitus would have been horse of the year if that was the case. If fourth places were considered wins, Tacitus would have been Kelly. champion ten times over. That's right. He's gonna. You watch. He's gonna be good stallion. Yeah, he's gonna be great stallion. All these great Tacitus horses are coming out to seek revenge. Uh, we got uh, we got Twitter Spaces tomorrow at eleven. Yes, I will be there. Twelve hours from now, it's, it's currently eleven o'clock Eastern. Though I know people aren't listening to this live and direct. Brent Musburger is not here, but um. But we got to go. So, yes, we do. Check it out tomorrow. And, uh, well, tomorrow is probably today. <laughs> Twitter spaces, uh, Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern. You'll find a link if you're on Twitter. And if you're not on Twitter, you should be because it's fun. Mm, it sure is. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.
Hey everyone, PlayUp Racebook has a great Breeders' Cup promo. Just wager 250 bucks or more on the Breeders' Cup races Friday and Saturday, and you'll receive a free $50 wager. Download the PlayUp Racebook in the Apple Store or head over to playup.com. Check it out. PlayUp, they're a sponsor. Free money. Do it.